It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Let me just say, after view distorting the belt, they're proclaiming the real world champion. I'm going to tell you all, with a tear in my eye, this is the greatest moment in my life. When you walk around this world and you tell everybody you're number one, the only way you get to stay number one is to be number one. And good morning, everybody. It's a free-for-all Friday here on the Captain Lou Extravaganza. We are live here on the Captain Lou Sports Network on YouTube. And, of course, we are powered up by Belly Up Sports. And uh, we want to take this time out to remind you that you can follow us on our show here on the Captain Lou Extravaganza uh, on our Facebook page or follow us on Twitter at The Real Captain Lou or send us an email, sweetlou1965 at yahoo.com lots to talk about here this morning on this free for all friday as uh a lot going on this week in the world of sports of course the pga live tour merger call it a merger don't call it a merger whatever you want to call it they are obviously at the top of the headlines especially in the world of golf well one week away from the u.s open we'll kind of give you an update on what's going on with that as well the stanley cup finals Game three last night, we've got ourselves a series. Toronto, or I'm sorry, Florida and Vegas. Vegas outplayed Florida probably for about uh, two and a half periods, but they didn't outplay him when it counted the most, when it was 2-2, or 2-1 rather, as uh, Matthew Kachuk got the game-tying goal on a six-on-five. And, of course, Carter Verhage with the winner in overtime. So two games to one in favor now of uh, Vegas. Game four tomorrow night, a big game for both teams, and we'll talk about the psyche both teams and also we'll go through the game again in uh, game three of the Stanley Cup finals. NBA finals are in uh, game four tonight. Denver with a big win the other night, uh, Wednesday night over uh, Miami on Miami's home court. Denver didn't relinquish that lead. Uh, They look good. Uh, Miami really didn't play bad, but uh, you know, Denver, when you've got a guy like Nikola Jokic with uh, getting a 30, 20 and 10, 
Uh, what can you do? He's probably one of the most unstoppable forces right now in the NBA. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see what those two teams have in common coming up here in uh, game or what to is not really in common, but what were they going to, what are they going to do? What's their plan coming up in game four of uh, the NBA finals, which again, coming up tonight, it's a big game for Miami. They pretty much need this one. They don't want to go down three games to one heading back to Denver for game five. In the NFL, Dalvin Cook, he's he uh, got he's getting released. Uh, they pretty much announced that uh, he was going to be released. Uh, his contract will probably be terminated today. What's next for him? A big free agent out on the market. Is the running back market or is it devalued? What does he have left in the tank? And you know why would Miami want to get rid of him? We'll have to wait and see on that. We'll we'll probably never know, but. Who is next for Dalvin Cook? I believe he's got a lot left in the tank as well. So we'll talk about that. And uh, for those of you that uh, know here on the network or on the show that uh, we follow pro wrestling from time to time, uh, one of the greats in pro wrestling passed away earlier this week. One of the, I don't know, one of the trailblazers, I guess you could call it. The Iron Sheik passed away at the age of 81. The boom of pro wrestling in the early 80s with Hulk Hogan. Uh, Rick Flair, Roddy Piper, the whole bit, and also with the WWE. It all started with that match with Hulk Hogan in uh, Madison Square Garden in 1984, January 23rd, 1984 to be exact. And uh, uh, it all started with them. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Iron Sheik who passed away at the age of 81. We want to mention as well that our show is brought to you as always by MahlerBros.com. Check out their website, MahlerBros.com, and uh, see their great selection of uh, T-shirts and, of course, golf shirts. They've got sleek designs. They've got loud. They've got more conservative looks, tumblers, mugs, you name it. And as we always say, if you want to look good on the golf course, you look good, you feel good. You feel good, then you'll play good. That is MahlerBros.com. And, uh, again, use the promo code BELLYUP for 15% off of your purchase. And we also this morning would like to announce – a new sponsor, a new member of the Captain Lou Extravaganza family, HobbyCoffee.com. It's a, a great new way of instant coffee. It's not uh, coffee pods. It's uh, it's instant. You take one to two teaspoons, hot or cold, and it tastes really great. And it's a new uh, innovation in instant coffee. And uh, we're excited to have them as a member of the Captain Lou Extravaganza family, the Captain Lou Sports Network. Check out the website, HobbyCoffee.com. And make sure you use the promo code Captain Lou. It's that simple. You see it on the bottom of the screen, and uh, you will get 15% off of your purchase. That is hobbycoffee.com. Well, we mentioned it is uh, day three of the Live Tour merger. We'll talk about that in a little while, but let's get to the Stanley Cup finals last night. We'll talk about that first and foremost. They uh, game three last night in Florida, and it was a must win for the Panthers. We talked about it the other day. You know, it's very difficult for a team to win four out of five. But when you're talking about this uh, Florida Panther team, nothing's too different or difficult for them, it seems like, this year. We all know how they started out the playoff run. They trailed Boston three games to one. Going back to Boston for game five, they put Bob in net, uh, Sergei Bobrovsky, and he's taken off from there. Well, they needed a performance from him last night to uh, get them back in this series. Again, trailing two games to none. And, uh, it, you know, indeed he was unbelievable in net. 
He only had 25 saves, which is crazy. You think, you know, if he was that unbelievable, you know, he would have probably had 45 or 50 saves. If you watched the game last night, you saw some of those point blank saves that he made when Vegas was throwing everything at him, you know, power plays, whatever. And it just, it was amazing. uh, The performance that he had in net, they needed it out of him. And Florida get on the board first with the goal opening goal. And, uh, you know, then, you know, uh, Brandon Montour, brand new father. He got home from uh, game two. And then on Wednesday, you know, they had their baby. And what did he do? How did he handle it? He got the opening goal, 4 away to the opening period. Matthew Kachuk with his 13th goal, Eric St- or 13 assist, rather, Eric Stahl with his uh, third assist. And it was one nothing. And, boy, you thought, okay, here we go. Maybe uh, the Panthers can write it. But then Jonathan Marshall, uh in my opinion, now, if Vegas wins, he's got to be a strong contender for the Conn Smythe. I think he's had a great playoff run, 13th goal of the playoffs, and he got the go-ahead goal for Vegas in the second period. Now, in the opening period, uh, Mark Stone got another power play goal again for Vegas. Uh, Marsha Schultz with the assist, Shea Theodore as well, and that was at 16.03. And Marsha Schultz, again, with the helper, was 1-1. And then he got the go-ahead goal in the second period. And you know another power play goal for Vegas. And, you know, we talked about it, the special teams play. We've talked about it all series, about how Florida, their special teams play, their penalty kill throughout the playoffs coming into the Stanley Cup has been stellar. And it gave up a couple of power play goals. This goal by Marsha Schultz really – to me, it looked like it was going to be insurmountable. Uh, they're up 2-1. They had all the momentum in the world. Florida looked dead on the ice. They just uh, couldn't get anything going. And whenever they had the opportunities with the extra man, the uh, Aiden Hill was thwarting them. And then Vegas got opportunities with the extra attacker too. But we talked about it. Bobrowski was able to uh, – he played strong in net for the uh, for for the Florida, to say the least some of these sliding saves that he made to uh, keep it a 2-1 lead. And then in the third period, again, Florida just couldn't get anything going. And when they had opportunities, Hill was good. He was adequate. Net. It, you know, I will say that it's hard to I, – I, it's hard to say that uh, he played bad. He didn't play bad net at all. But when the play of Marsha Schultz – or I'm sorry, Bobrowski in net was incredible and uh, he, keeping them in that game. But then Vegas couldn't put them away. Again, we talked about it. They uh, pulled the goalie with about two and a half minutes to go, three minutes to go, down 2-1. Florida was able to get the pressure on in the Vegas zone. And then Matthew Kachuk, he got the rebound. And all of a sudden, here we go. It's 2-2. And uh, after taking that monster hit, a clean hit, by the way, Kolasar laid on him in the opening period. He comes back with that game-winning goal, game-tying goal on six and five, and then of course into overtime he played a pivotal role on that, helping screen Aiden Hill. It looked like I still say it looked like he tipped that game-winning goal by Carter Verhage in net uh, to put Florida over the top with a three-to-two lead. But I'm going to tell you, it, it still it begs the question now with Florida not being able to put or Vegas not even being able to put Florida away. They wasted a lot of opportunities. We talked about it here throughout the show already, second and third opportunities. And in my opinion, thoroughly outplayed Florida in the last couple of periods. And all of a sudden, you know, this is what happens. 
And this is the beauty of Stanley Cup hockey or NHL, any kind of hockey. You can all play a team, but if you're not able to put them away in that last couple of minutes, Florida, Paul Maurice pulled Bobrovsky for the extra attacker. They got the puck in the Vegas zone. The forecheck was there. They were able to get the shot from the top. And then uh, Verhe- uh, Kachuk was able to tip it in. Boom, two to two. Then Vegas gets the, uh, they draw the penalty. So they go on the power play to begin the overtime. Can't score. And you could see Florida gaining the confidence. And then they got the play back in the Vegas zone. And that blast from Kachuk, or uh, from, from Verhege rather, from just outside the uh, faceoff circle. And then it goes past Aiden Hill. Here we go. Six to five. Or I'm sorry, three to two. The final score. Florida now cuts that lead to two to one. And we go back. We beg begs the question. What is going to be the mindset of Vegas coming into game four? Yeah, you, you know, you can think about it. If Vegas would have lost this game and got, you know, over or just thoroughly outplayed, let's say they lost five to one, which happens in these, you know, in these playoffs. You know, you go to the other team's barn and they got all the momentum. They've got the home ice. They come out guns a blazing, if you will. All of a sudden they're up five one. Then you think, all right, you know, you go home, you think today, well, that one's just, uh, We'll put that one in the uh, in the no look file, and we'll just concentrate on Game Four. A game like this, Game Three, where Vegas more than once had an opportunity to put a two goal lead up on Florida. So many opportunities, especially in the third period, could not get that third goal up on Vegas or up on Florida rather. And Florida just was so opportunistic, like they have been all year. And uh, you know, just like when they played against Carolina. Thoroughly outshot throughout the series. Thoroughly outshot. But you talk about Johnny on the spot. Opportunistic hockey for Florida. Able to take advantage of the six on five. And all of a sudden they get the game tying goal. And then they go into overtime, as we mentioned. And they put the game winner past uh, Aiden Hill. What is Vegas thinking now going into game four? Obviously they have to have the mindset. Put that one in the uh, no look file. But you you go home and you go to sleep at night. You think of what could have been. Is it going to be in the back of their minds? And if you're Florida now, you know you can do it. You're back in this series. Game four tomorrow night is going to be a huge game. If Florida can win this one, they hold serve. It's 2-2 going back to Vegas. And all bets are off. This is going to be an exciting series. I still think Florida, you know, if they win tomorrow night, I picked them in six. Bobrowski had a great game, a great comeback game after getting yanked in game two against uh, Vegas in that game. One stat to keep in mind here with Florida they're seven and0 in overtimes in this postseason and uh you talk about a confidence builder right there that's huge for them so game four tomorrow night Florida and uh and Vegas it's going to be a wait now this we'll see what the momentum brings on game four if you're uh Florida can they keep that can they ride that get the upper hand op- you know in the opening period or can Vegas shut it down and you know use their depth Take advantage of the power plays. You know, Florida, again, playing just some uncharacteristic hockey at times, you know, drawing a lot of penalties, getting a lot of penalties, shorthanded. In this instance, you know, another two power play goals for Vegas, but they couldn't get them when it counted in overtime. So we'll wait and see. Game four tomorrow night as uh, Vegas looks to go up three games to one. Florida looking to even up that series to take it back to Vegas. NBA Finals. We'll talk about that momentarily, but once uh, before we do, let's talk a little bit about MahlerBros.com. Hey, 
you know, you're out golfing today. You're out, I don't know, trying to get that uh, emergency nine in or playing 18 this afternoon. And it's warm. You know, it's about 80 degrees outside, 85 degrees, no wind. Uh, maybe playing in a little bit of the uh, Canadian wildfire smoke here in the United States. And uh, you, you're getting sweaty and it's affecting your game. And you think, God, I just don't, just don't feel right. But maybe it's because of the attire that you're wearing out on the golf course. Or you want to go out later that night or you're going to a barbecue and you know, you're overheated there, whatever. Well, if you want to feel good at that outing or playing feel good on the golf course, may I suggest MahlerBros.com. They've got a complete selection of uh, polos and T-shirts, you know, sleek design. They're lightweight, form-fitting. And, you know, again, you'll look good on the golf course. You'll look good at that party. When you look good, you feel good. And when you're on the golf course, when you feel good, you're going to play good. That You're going to get that added advantage up here. Check out our website, MahlerBros.com, and make sure when you go there and you find that shirt, that polo shirt, or, you know, they've got mugs, they've got uh, cups, you know, all kinds of swag. You find whatever you want for Father's Day or whatever. Make sure when you get to checkout, use the promo code BELLYUP, and you'll get 15% off of your purchase. That's MahlerBros.com, M-E-H-L-E-R-B-R-O-S.com, and use the promo code BELLYUP. You'll get 15% off of your discount that's uh or off your purchase that is mahlerbros.com all right as we continue here on the captain lou extravaganza again we are live on the captain lou sports network powered up by belly up sports and a reminder that uh you know check out our website bellyupsports.com we've got a complete list of all of our uh, podcasters all of our shows that we have here on the network and of course check out our articles talking about the live tour merger with PGA talking about the NBA and NHL finals, major league baseball. And we're starting to talk a little bit now about uh, the NFL. Some of the things going on six weeks from now, training camp will be underway and uh, less than two months. We'll have our first preseason game. And then we're less, we're about 90 days away from uh, opening kickoff Detroit and Kansas city. The lions restore the roar, baby. Here we go. The lions with an opportunity Everybody's picking them to take that next step, but you can read about all the articles about that and watch the uh, podcast talking about the NFL and everything else. Our complete lineup at uh, bellyupsports.com. We, uh, again, are privileged to be a part of the network. A lot of great things going on, college football as well. We'll talk about that, of course, throughout the year. NBA Finals, as we mentioned, Game 4 coming up tonight in Miami. Game 3, of course, Denver Took the upper hand in game three. What can you say about Nikola Jokic? 32 points, I think, 22 rebounds, 12 assists, something like that. A 30-20-10. It's uh, never been done or one of the few times it's ever been done in the playoffs and in in the NBA finals. He's unstoppable right now. And I don't know how many times we talk about it with uh, Nikola Jokic. And, you know, a good friend of the show, kind of talked back and forth with him, Steve Finnamore. He... uh, you know, our base, our basketball insider, maybe we'll get him on next week to uh, kind of wrap up the NBA finals. I know he's very busy. Um, you know, the court vision of Nikola Jokic, you know, I talked about it the other day, reminds me so much of uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar back in the 70s and 80s. I mean, he just has that presence. You know, he's got the step back three that Kareem may not have had, but, you know, they're talking about, already putting him up as one of the greatest centers of all time. I'm not ready to go there yet, but I think that uh, he may be 
able to get in that stratosphere. But right now, nobody has an answer for him. And he just, he's so, it's it's kind of a combination of old school basketball, going to the basket, you know, with the with the beautiful, uh, you know, the assists, the rebounds, and defense, how he alters the shot. That, I think, gets lost in all of this as well. And then, of course, with the step back three that he has, it's it's just incredible. And now there's a big question. What can Miami do to even up game four tonight? Uh, you know, that there's a lot, uh, a lot. That's the big question, obviously. What can they do? You know, um, I don't think Jimmy Butler's played that bad. And Bam Adebayo, uh, you know, we, again, we'll talk about that at the, you know, we talked about it at the beginning of the series. He had to step up and he has. I've really been impressed with the play of Bam Adebayo. And, you know, one of the things I've been watching on, you know, some of the talk shows and listening to some of the interviews after the game, you know, Jimmy Butler, they're saying that he hasn't showed up. And I, I don't buy that. You know, Jimmy Buckets or playoff Jimmy has given us incredible, insane performances in the playoffs, you know, throughout the years in Miami. And, you know, it just begs the question, you know, I think we've been spoiled with what he's done. And, you know, now maybe we're expecting too much out of him. Is he trying to facilitate the other, you know, the other guys on his team a little bit? I don't know. But, you know, I, I think he's played well. You know, he's stepped up in the playoffs. We talked about this on Wednesday that um, Miami has the most playoff wins out of anybody in the last four years in the NBA Finals. Now, a breakout performance tonight from Jimmy Butler, is that what Miami's going to need to get by? You know, 35 points or whatever, you know, a dozen rebounds, a triple-double or whatever. Um, who else has to step up? Uh, Kevin Love. You know, I know he starts for him. He's getting about six, seven points a game maybe. Um, but, you know... Here's the scary part, too. You know, we, we could talk about Denver in a moment, but, you know, Duncan Robinson, I know he's a force out there. Uh, Kyle Lowry, do they need to get more out of him? I don't know. I mean, obviously, the thing that they have to um, look for is to see who can they get to stop Nikola Jokic. What is the game plan going to be? They're going to have to switch out. Did they double team him? And if they do, you know, here's a player for Denver that really hasn't done much in the finals, and that's Michael Porter Jr. I mean, Jamal Murray had that triple-double along with uh, with Nikola Jokic in Game 3. Uh, mm-hmm. Crazy. I mean, what uh, what happens if Michael Porter Jr. gets uh, warmed up in Game 3? You know, what? It, what? how is Miami going to answer that? So a lot of question marks going into Game 4 tonight. And, you know, we talked about this on Wednesday as well. Uh, with Miami coming into game four was that performance on game two was that their was that their peak you know I mean they didn't play badly last in game three the other night I didn't think they did this is Denver stepped up their game you know I'm not going to take anything away from Miami in game two Denver didn't play that good a lot of that was on Miami Denver took a lot of uncharacteristically bad shots in game two their effort may have been a little lackadaisical Maybe that's what comes with always winning and, you know, not losing in the playoffs at home this year and not with their backs up against the wall. It was a huge answer for Denver in game three. You know, maybe the pressure was on them to win game three. You know, they had to come into Miami and gain a split to get home court advantage back, and Denver did. Now for Miami, this is a big game for them in game four. Like we said, obviously, you don't want to go up to Denver down three games to one. 
and uh, have to face a winner go home scenario in game five. So this is big. You know, how are they going to stop Jokic? Can they hit their three pointers? They're going to have to. It, Jimmy Buckets is probably going to have one of those performances. He's going to have to have a 35 point performance or a 40 point performance. Uh, Duncan Robinson's going to have to get in double figures. I don't know. There's a lot to be asked in this one. You know, no Tyler Hero tonight in game four. So that's, uh, you know, I, I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing, but now um, for Miami, it's big. They honestly have to get this game tonight. Going back to Denver 3-1, I think, is going to be an insurmountable insurmountable task. That means they'd have to win two games up in Denver, and I just don't see it happening. But, you know, we'll have to wait and see. Should be a great game tonight. And, again, not a poorly played uh, final in, in, by any stretch of the imagination. You know, I thought Denver in game one, they just overpowered them, got out fast, and, you know, Miami couldn't get their sea legs until it was a little too late. Game two, Miami got those sea legs, played very, very well. Denver, not so much, but again, I attribute a lot of that to Miami's defense. And then in game three, Denver answered the call. They came out with a purpose, I thought. Nikola Jokic with that mindset, you know, just so unassuming, played really well, just again, had a monster game. But we've come to expect that with him right now. And uh, with game four coming up tonight, we'll wait and see. Will Jokic get another triple-double? Will uh, Jamal Murray keep it up? And uh, what is Miami going to do uh, in game four? So a lot to look forward to tonight in that for game four, eight o'clock on ABC as uh, they look uh, to try to even up that series at two apiece. Well, here again, welcome everybody to the Captain Lou Extravaganza. We are live here on the Captain Lou Sports Network on YouTube. We uh, invite you to... Uh, Subscribe to our YouTube channel, and you can see all of our interviews, all of our past shows. We are also, we will have this show downloaded uh, podcast style on uh, iTunes and Apple and uh, Spotify. Wherever you find your uh, podcast, we invite you to subscribe and listen to all of our shows here on uh, podcast form as well while you're out driving or whatever you may be doing. So again, um, we welcome you. Without you, none of this uh, could be possible, and uh, we appreciate you taking time to check us out, even if it's just for a few minutes here on the show here on this uh, Friday and all of our shows here on the Captain Lou Sports Network. It's going to be a fun year coming up with football season around the corner and uh, baseball with the pennant drive as well. We'll talk more and more baseball here after the Stanley Cup Finals and the NBA Finals. So make sure you stick around for that and also with uh, college football coming around the corner. PGA Live Tour, day three of the so-called merger. And uh, still, you know, the thing about it is we really still don't know a whole lot about it. Now, I invite you to check out SI.com in their golf section. A great, great article there trying to break it down, kind of giving the nuts and bolts a little bit of it. Um, but there's, again, just so much to uh, too much to un- so much to unravel about this. It things obviously will get uh, leaked out as uh, we go on. You know, and, you know, I guess the first big question is, is it really a merger? And will there be ramifications for the Live Tour members if they come back? Now, apparently there may be. I don't know. You know, with the PIF fund running the Live Tour, Jay Monahan is going to be the uh, CEO of this quote unquote merger or dissolving of the Live Tour. We don't know if it, the Live Tour is going to go away. You know, are they going to stay their own entity? And if they are, you know, the, the next question is, why would they want to go to the PGA Tour? 
you know, you've got guys like Brooks Kepka who seems to step up for the majors, uh, Bryson DeChambeau, Cam Smith, whatever. If they're going to keep the live tour with the purses the way they are, why would they want to play in the PGA tournaments if they're going to be allowed to play in the majors? And as they should, the PGA doesn't control the masters. They don't, you know, that and the PGA association controls the PGA championship. The USGA controls the U S open. The PGA itself doesn't control those majors. So if they're going to stay the same, if it's going to be status quo, which, you know, I don't know personally, I don't think it will, but if it was to stay the same, you know, what, uh, what big, you know, why would the live tour players want to go back? And, you know, we talked about this on Wednesday a little bit, you know, Will Rory and the other top golfers get maybe some upfront comps, compens, uh, comp, compensation if, uh, you know, once it's all boils down, you know, for example, will they get uh, part of a billion dollar pie or whatever? And uh, they get that, um, I don't know, spread out over 10 years and the live tour players, if they come back, they're ineligible for it. I don't know. These are just some of the questions that are being asked about this. And, you know, it, again, so much to unravel, not, Nobody has the answers yet. And, you know, you haven't heard any of the big guns talking really after Jay Monahan with his interview um, the other day after the players meeting. Um, so it's all I know is, is what I have heard. And it, again, this is through that article on SI. I, I invite you, if you really want to get up on this one, read that article in the golf section. It's, it, it's, it's very informative and kind of, it asks some of these questions too. Now, the claim is the PGA is going to evaluate the Live Tour at the end of the year, and they'll see maybe if they're going to still, quote-unquote, merge, if they're going to play separately, they're going to dissolve some of the tournaments. You know, some of the things that they do on the Live Tour, will they bring those into the PGA Tour, like team play, uh, letting wear shorts, whatever, you know, 54-hole tournaments. I don't see that happening. I don't think you'll ever see 54-hole tournaments, only because – I, you know, I think it's going to be just like baseball, their talk of shortening the season or basketball. They're never going to do that. You know, there's no way that the PGA is going to go 72 holes or go away from 72 holes because there's too much revenue that's going to be lost. And so I, I just think, uh, you know, when it, when it comes to the live tour, you know, some of their things may, may be brought over to the PGA tour. Uh, but I don't know. I just, uh, it, nobody really knows. And, you know, the more you look at it, you know, it is a business venture. And again, you got to put politics aside by this. And I know the atrocities that have been, that have been portrayed and that have had, that have happened. But if you think the PGA tour is the only ones that are involved with the Saudi money or any of the overseas money, that's the thing. All of a sudden everybody's in an uproar and they're putting the scarlet letter on a lot of these players. I don't buy that, you know, and again, I go back to the NBA, you know, it's like I posted on Twitter and you can follow me at the real captain Lou. I posted it yesterday. For those of you that watched and enjoyed game three of the NBA finals and you're torturing the PGA tour and the live players. Why aren't you torturing some of these or torching some of these NBA players that, you know, are getting their huge salaries. And part of it is funded by Chinese sweatshop money. So, I mean, it's there. It's a hypocrisy, and we all live it in pro sports. We want to bash everybody, but you know, it, you know, it, it, this isn't just the only entity. 
And again, it goes back to what I asked the other day as well. What, uh, you know, what is next as far as uh, Saudi involvement with uh, sports, you know, sports washing maybe in, in American sports? Uh, you know, what uh, is this going to be the only pro entity that is going to have Saudi investments? I don't think it is. I think you're going to see in the next five or 10 years, you know, we talk about it. You've got struggling franchises in all four sports. Look at baseball. Look at the Oakland A's. You know, if this a Saudi group comes in, you know, with a PIF kind of arrangement and they offer somebody $15 billion or whatever, do you think that a major league team is going to be, you know, is going to look at that and say, well, I don't know. I mean, I, how's it? it's hard to turn away. But the thing that I think is going to stall the Saudi investments in pro sports in my opinion, is is that with the NHL and or the NBA, especially the NBA, Major League Baseball, and probably the NHL too, is they've got to be the the sale of a team has to be approved at least in the NFL by a two thirds majority, twenty three or twenty four teams, and I don't know if it's going to get that approval just yet, unless you know, as they say, as the million dollar man Ted DiBiase always said, everybody's got a price, so we'll have to wait and see, but you know. It, it, it's must-see TV. It's going to be must-see TV next week with uh, the U.S. Open with all the major players there. And you know the microphones are going to be in their faces. What's your opinion of this? What's your opinion of that? And uh, hopefully we can get some sound bites on that. And uh, it's going to be just make it that extra added element to watch with the U.S. Open coming up starting next Thursday, Father's Day weekend. And so, there. Then, uh, so again, PGA and Live Tour, day three of the merger, or quote-unquote merger, still a lot that we don't know. And there's just uh, so many uh, layers to unpeel with that merger. And if anybody can tell you they got all the answers, I'm all ears, but, you know, nobody's really talking. Now you can hear bits and pieces and – you can hear guesses. And um, so I don't know. It's going to be fun to watch. So we'll keep an eye on that as well. We still got a lot to talk about here. We're going to go over to the football side of things here. We had a couple of stories in uh, college football and the NFL that we uh, are going to get to here uh, before we end the show. But first, I want to talk a little bit about our newest um, member of the Captain Lou Extravaganza family. <coughs> and uh <clears throat> excuse me and that of course is uh being yavi javi coffee we invite you to uh check out their website javicoffee.com what it is it's uh, faster than instant better tasting than gourmet coffee and it's easier than coffee pods it's the newest in uh innovations for instant coffee so incredibly convenient just simply add one or two teaspoons of javi to water or milk of your choice and delicious drink in, in seconds. It can be served hot or cold. It's uh, any style of coffee that you like. I know those of you that like the uh, iced coffees, still kind of a phenomenon. I guess I'm old school that I'm not into, but it sure looks good. But also if you like a uh, hot coffee, you just uh, warm your coffee, warm your hot water up in seconds. Ultra affordable, ethically sourced, you name it. That is hobby coffee. Check it out. They've got great flavors. Uh, you know, regular decaf, caramel, uh, French vanilla. That's going to be my uh, flavor of choice. I can't wait to get mine once it arrives. And uh, it's a it's a great new innovation for coffee. And that's instant coffee. That's Hobby Coffee. Try it out, hobbycoffee.com. 
And of course, when you join or you check it out, go to the website, check it out for yourself. Don't take my word for it. Make sure that you use the promo code Captain Lou for 15% off of your purchase. That's Hobby Copy, the newest member of the Captain Lou Extravaganza family. Proud, you know, one of our sponsors here on the Captain Lou Sports Network. We welcome them aboard. That's hobbycopy.com. Check it out. The latest innovation in instant copy. Better than pods, a lot cleaner, a lot easier than uh, the instant coffee with the crystals or whatever. Hobby coffee, just one or two teaspoons. That's all you need. You can get your favorite flavor of instant hot coffee or the iced coffee, uh, caramel, French vanilla, you name it, uh, regular decaf. They've got it. No calories and uh, no sugar, and that's huge. So that's Hobby Coffee, and make sure you use the promo code Captain Lou for 15% off of your purchase. That is Hobby Coffee, and uh, check it out, hobbycoffee.com. Again, welcome back to the show here on the Captain Lou Extravaganza. Make sure you follow us at on Twitter at the Real Captain Lou, Instagram and Facebook, Lewis Gamlin, or drop me an email, sweetlou1965 at yahoo.com. We talk about Delvin Cook at the top of the show. Released by Minnesota yesterday, where they announced it, they're going to release him today. I believe today is when they have to release him. And uh, was this the right move for Minnesota? Obviously, it's a salary cap. Uh, they a little saving. They're going to get a hit on it, but not as bad as they kept him. What is next for Dalvin Cook? You know, obviously the rumors have already started that he wants to go to Miami. I know they were looking to add him. Uh, they were looking to trade for him in the off season or earlier this year, and I weren't able to come up with a deal. Now they uh, appears they may have the inside track on him. I know Denver's interested in him. Um, I, you know, I'm still a little surprised by it. Now, I know that Delvin's had a lot of issues with that injury, and uh, he hasn't been always reliable. But boy, when he's in there, he's he's something. He, he's a great dual threat, and I still think he's got something left in the gas tank. And I think this could be a good pickup for a contending team. Uh, you know, a, my, Miami could really use him. I know he could, you know, team up with Mostert there. Uh, then again, of course, Denver. Uh, he'd be a good fit with uh, Russell Wilson, maybe to help him get back on track, go join up with uh, Sean Payton with that offense. Uh, you know, he could benefit from that. And, uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see. But a little surprised by it. I know they were talking about it. it's been in the news all offseason that Dalvin Cook was going to be released. So you've got two big names out there right now in the free agent market, still without a team. Now it's Dalvin Cook and, of course, um, DeAndre Hopkins, who was released by uh, the Arizona Cardinals earlier. And he, apparently the rumor has it he's going to visit, visit with Tennessee this weekend, uh, the New England Patriots. Uh, you know, I know Detroit has showed some interest in him, Buffalo, uh, Kansas City. The market is wide open for DeAndre Hopkins. But again, it just in I, I think about the running back situation with uh, Dalvin Cook, you know, or running backs in general. Are they devalued? You know, I, obviously this is an offensively geared league right now with the way the rules are with the quarterbacks and whatnot, you know, and, and the passing game. But boy, you know, two big running backs taken in the top 12 of the draft this year, Deshaun or uh, Bishan Robinson with uh, Atlanta and, of course, Jameer Gibbs with Detroit. Uh, they're going to be getting top-flight money. Um, you know, multi-purpose running backs, if you will, dual threats, if you will. I don't know. It, it, uh, 
I I just I think Dalvin Cook is gonna I still think he's got a lot to offer. And don't rule out if they can figure out a way, and there's always a way to navigate the salary cap, circumvent it, however you want to call it. Don't be surprised if uh, the Dallas Cowboys make a run at Dalvin Cook too. With Tony Pollard, you know, we saw what happened last year. They don't have Zeke Elliott anymore, you know, and they needed two running backs. Pollard is the guy there, but boy, having a guy like Dalvin Cook as a 1B or 1A, however you want to call it, I wouldn't put it past Jerry Jones. He likes toys and he likes weapons. And I'll tell you, I think Dalvin Cook would be a big weapon in Dallas. So if I had to make a prediction on it, it's going to either be Dallas, Miami, or potentially Denver that will go after his services hot and heavy. He'll probably end up in South Beach, but don't rule out the Dallas Cowboys with an opportunity to go after him and and, uh, snag Dalvin Cook. So we'll keep an eye on that as well. Elsewhere in the football and news yesterday, kind of affecting us here in the Midwest a little bit, the Big Ten announced their schedules for 24 and 25. Not exactly the dates when they're playing, but the home and away teams. And the other big news is that the Big Ten is doing away with division play starting in 2024. This is going to create something interesting. You know, USC and UCLA are going to be joining the Big Ten for the 2024 season. A lot of excitement in the air for that. And Michigan opens up the 2024 season, or don't open it up. They are going to open up, I guess, Big Ten play for USC, not necessarily the opening game, but USC is going to play Michigan at home this year. And what do you bet that there's going to be some way where this is finagled, maybe the opening game or the opening game of Big Ten play, Michigan at USC? They get UCLA at home later on in the year, and I'm sure that'll probably be a night game uh, with the Big Ten and USC and UCLA, you know, with all the pomp and circumstance of them coming in. But this is going to be fun to watch and find out what the schedule is going to look like. USC and uh, UCLA coming to the Big Ten. I know Michigan State doesn't play either one of these teams in 2024. Then in 2025, they play Michigan State where Michigan doesn't play these two teams. And they have... They were able to protect, I believe, two or three rivalries. Each team was in the Big Ten. Michigan chose Michigan State and uh, Ohio State. I think Ohio State only protected one uh, rivalry, and that was Ohio State or Michigan. I know Michigan State protected, I believe, Michigan and uh, Penn State. So, but the other big news with this is this is the last year of the Big Ten and divisional play. So in 2024, there's going to be no more divisional play. So the biggest scenario everybody's talking about here in the Midwest, I don't know if they're counting their chickens before they're hatched, but the potential of Michigan and Ohio State playing back-to-back in the last game of the year and in the Big Ten championship game. And there's some uproar about it. I don't get it. If they're the two best teams, they deserve to play each other in the Big Ten championship game. They, you know, they were the two best teams last year, and they were the two best teams the year before that. And Michigan was able to win the championship game and probably the year before that. So, you know, I don't have an issue with that if Michigan and Ohio State are the best two teams playing the last game of the year. What if Michigan State and Penn State are the two best teams? You know, they play the last game of the year, you know, for the land-grant trophy. And uh, what what if USC and UCLA are the two best teams? And they're going to play each other in the last game of the year. Who cares? 
If they're the two best teams, let them play. I don't see – what's so bad about that? What is the argument about that? I mean, it's just like the SEC. What if Georgia and Alabama are the two best teams if they go away with divisional play? Why not let them play back-to-back? They're the two best teams. You know, I hear this talk all the time about if you don't like it, do something about it. Get better. You know, you know, you hear that talk about teams that are braggadocious and, you know, flaunt and whatnot. If you don't like them, beat them. Get better. Well, that's the same to me. That's the same logic I use with this. So what if Ohio State and Michigan are the two best teams? They play each other the last game of the year in 2024. They play again in the Big Ten Championship game in Indianapolis or wherever it is. Who cares? If they're the best teams, they deserve it. And if Michigan State and Penn State are the two best teams, USC, UCLA, Wisconsin, Minnesota, if they're the two best, they got the best records, they earn that chance to go to the Big Ten Championship game. Let them play back-to-back. That is the most ridiculous argument I have ever heard. Let them play. And I just, you know, I'm excited for it. You know, I'm excited to see what USC and UCLA brings to the Big Ten. Let's face it. The days of tradition, as much as I hate to say it, I'm a traditionalist. I love the fact that Michigan and uh, Ohio State are still playing at noon on the last game of the year. But the days of tradition have gone by the wayside. It's all about the Bucs. Logistically or not, that's why Maryland and Rutgers are in the Big Ten. Uh, It's not because they're good. It's because they get the market of New York and uh, Washington, D.C. into the Big Ten. And that's why the USC and UCLA are doing it. And I still think once Oregon and once Washington sees, you know, the exposure that Michigan or USC and UCLA are getting, don't be surprised if they make the jump, you know, probably in 2026 or 2027. A lot of that's going to depend on uh, the conference or the Big 12 or the Pac-12 or soon to be Pac-10 TV deal. And if they're going to get the billions that the Big 10 is getting in the SEC. The two big boys are the Big Ten and the SEC, so it's going to be fun to watch this as uh, it all entails. We're going to close tonight, or actually before we do, i got to give props to uh, Oklahoma. Last night they clinched their third straight NCAA softball championship, 53 wins in a row for Oklahoma. They are by far the queens of college ba- of college softball, one of the most impressive uh, runs in all of college sports history. I don't think it's the most impressive, but it's right up there. And uh, congratulations to them with their swagger. Uh, you know, some call it arrogance, whatever. Um, again, we just talked about it a moment ago. If you don't like it, there's one way to curtail it, and that's beat them. And you know, I watched a couple of interviews about that. You know, they're not necessarily trying to rub it in to the other team. That's just how they are. And well, you know what? Excitement. Everybody likes it. Everybody likes demonstrative. Uh, celebrations now you see it in the NFL you see it in college football NBA whatever it is uh it's it's sports right now and that's another thing as a traditionalist you got to get used to you may not like it but it's not going away anyway anyway anytime soon but not to take away anything from the dominance of the play but it's crazy you you listen to the interviews with the head coach last night and a couple of the players the relief the amount of pressure that was on for them to win that championship. They put a lot on it themselves. And part of that is the, the braggadocious celebrations, the, the swagger, 
um, you know, that I believe kind of carried, you know, that extra load of pressure and, uh, they were able to overcome it. They got a lot of players coming back for next year, uh, to try to go for the, uh, four peak, if you will. So congratulations to the Oklahoma Sooners and their third straight women's national championship. And, uh, it was, you know, it was fun to watch their great team. They deserve to win. Um, we're going to close the show here tonight, uh, with a couple of t- topics real quick. MLB, Boston, New York, they get to renew their rivalry this weekend as uh, Boston finds themselves now in last place in the AL East, uh, one game under 500. But, hey, if they had that record, they'd be leading the AL Central because that's what Minnesota has right now, kind of tell you the competitive imbalance in the American League. It's one of those uh, fluke years where you get one division with all the good teams and uh, the AL Central with uh, our Detroit Tigers losing six straight, just getting um, outclassed, to say the least, by Philadelphia and the White Sox in their six-game losing streak. Um, out hit for seven in the third innings the other night. Uh, what, um, Tuesday night? Or, I'm sorry, Monday night? Tuesday night, uh, or I'm sorry, last night, or Wednesday night because of the uh, – or Tuesday, I, I, with – with that haze, whatever they got out hit for four and a half, no hit for four and a half innings. And then last night, no hit for seven and a half innings were able to take the lead. And then uh, Lang couldn't hold the lead in the ninth inning. So Philly with the sweep Minnesota with a losing record, they have a three and a half game lead or one and a half game lead. I'm sorry, over Cleveland three and a half over Chicago and Detroit who are eight games under 500 Atlanta last night with the walk-off three run Homer sends the Mets to a six straight loss. You'd think it was uh, Armageddon in New York. You know, you'd think uh, they're all ready to jump off the Brooklyn Bridge over there. Their six straight loss, Atlanta with a three and a half game lead over the um, surprising Miami Marlins or Florida Marlins or whatever you call them over there. So uh, Atlanta looking strong. The Diamondbacks still with a game and a half lead. Uh, Texas, uh, with the best record, one of the best records in Major League Baseball behind only the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, with the the devastating news of Jacob Degrom getting Tommy John surgery now, they're still on top of the uh, American League West. So a lot of great action highlighted this weekend again. A rivalry renewed. Some would say it's the best rivalry in all of sports. I think that's uh, just uh, planted in the minds of all of us by the uh, East Coast media bias. But Boston and the Yankees will highlight this week's Major League action. So kind of little snippet of uh, Major League Baseball. Finally, this morning, uh, the Iron Sheik passed away. Now, you know, we talked about it at the top of the show. Um, for those of us that – or those that have watched me over the years, you know that we have a penchant for pro wrestling. Uh, from time to time, we have it on the show just to kind of keep abreast on it. I've followed it for 50 years, uh, you know, with my dad and – uh you know, and my son's big time in it. And you can say what you want about pro wrestling. Uh, you know, yeah, I know it's scripted. I know it's fake, whatever. But uh, it's a uh, widely followed phenomenon in a sport, if you will, uh, this, the uh, world of professional wrestling. And they lost one of their uh, trailblazers over the, this past couple of days. The Iron Sheik passed away at the age of 81. Um, he was instrumental in the uh, boom of uh, pro wrestling back in the early 80s when it really came out from uh, more of a novelty thing with uh, the birth of uh, sports entertainment. With, uh, you know, back January 23rd, 1984, I can remember the date when Hulk Hogan 
beat the Iron Sheik at the Madison Square Garden. He uh, with the cam, you know, he overcame the camel clutch, if you will, that uh, the Iron Sheik made famous. The Iron Sheik was uh, one of the best wrestling heels, bad guys, if you will, of all time, and he uh, he took that role and ran with it. And uh, at a time when, you know, it probably wasn't the safest thing in the world after what we went through with the Iranian hostage situation and then with Desert Storm towards the uh, early 90s, uh, you know, with his legendary feuds with Hulk Hogan, with Sergeant Slaughter, whatever. But he took that role and personified it. And uh, his programs with Hulk Hogan in the 80s were huge because Hulk Hogan went over on the Iron Sheik and that started off what it was, Hulkamania. And it just helped explode the world of professional wrestling. And, uh, you know, he was one of the trailblazers. If it wasn't for the Iron Sheik, the likes of him, or Hulk Hogan, or that, you know, the pro wrestlers of today wouldn't be enjoying the success that they have now and the millions upon millions of dollars that they're making. So Iron Sheik led a tough life. Uh, he um, suffered from, uh, you know, some of the ills of the uh, pro wrestling world back in the 80s with the drug scandals, and he was addicted to cocaine for a lot of years. And it cost him his family, you know, he was estranged from his family for a while. And, uh, as were a lot of people with that lifestyle back in the 80s. And he was able to overcome that. And, uh, you know, he was never one to shy away from the spotlight. And uh, right up until the end uh, with his tweets, his social media, you know, I can't repeat a lot what he said on there with his legendary feud with uh, Hulk Hogan, but he was a character and he's going to be missed. And again, we say condolences to his family. Uh, we'll be praying for them as well. Iron Sheik passed away at the age of 81. Well, hey, that's going to do it here for the Captain Lou Extravaganza on this Friday, the 9th of June. A lot going on in the world of sports. Game four in the NBA Finals. Game four of the Stanley Cup Finals. Tonight, it's the NBA's turn. Tomorrow, it's the Stanley Cup Finals. The Belmont is going to be run this weekend, weather permitting, with all the Canadian smoke. Hopefully, it uh, will be able to be run this weekend. Uh, we've got Major League Baseball again with uh, the big rivalry highlighting it with uh, – the uh, Yankees and the Red Sox. And of course, next week, the U.S. Open. And of course, the live talk with the merger with the DP World Tour and uh, the PGA, that's going to spotlight it as well. So a lot going on this weekend. Take advantage of the great weekend, everybody. Get out and uh, have some fun. Uh, stay close to family, whatever. Do what you got to do, but enjoy yourself. Smile. It'll make the weekend go that much easier. I hope you have a great weekend because I know I will. We want to thank everybody for joining us here on the Captain Lou Extravaganza on the Captain Lou Sports Network. We want to thank uh, MahlerBros.com for uh, being one of the sponsors of the show. Check out their website, MahlerBros.com. They'll help you look good. And when you look good, you feel good. When you feel good, you play good on the golf course. Check out their website. That's MahlerBros.com. And again, we want to welcome our newest member of the Captain Lou Extravaganza family, the Captain Lou Sports Network. That is uh, Javi Coffee. Check out jobbycoffee.com as they are uh, the new latest and greatest uh, sensation in instant coffee. It's easier than pods. It's uh, much better tasting than instant coffee. One or two teaspoons, that's all you need. And uh, check out their website. They've got a, a lot of amazing flavors, including French vanilla, caramel, regular coffee. You can enjoy it hot or cold. And when you see the website, make sure at, just at purchase, make sure you use the promo code CAPTAINLOO for 15% off of your purchase. That's javicopy.com. All right, everybody. 
Enjoy the weekend. Have a lot of fun. Again, a reminder, this will be on podcast form later on this afternoon. If there's anything you missed on the show, subscribe to our network as well on YouTube, the Captain Lou Sports Network. And again, subscribe to where you find it, anywhere you look for in your podcast. That is the Captain Lou Extravaganza. Just a reminder, keep your heads up, keep your sticks down, keep your minds open, and uh, we'll talk to you on Monday. That's the Captain Lou Extravaganza. You're on the Captain Lou Sports Network. So long.